Welcome to the first Pastors Podcast of 2024. It's 2024. Can you believe it? I gotta. I gotta I write it for the first year? time. Yeah, did I you gotta write it on for a the check. first time? Yeah, it was on a check. Actually, I was paying somebody. Of course, you know. Uh, my my daughter, my 11 year old daughter, got a check from for Christmas from a grandparent. It came in the mail, and when she opened the card, she looked at it, and she looked at my wife and said, "What's this?" <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> like she, she genuinely didn't genuinely know. Genuinely didn't know. Like I think she's probably at an age where she's opening her own cards now, right? Like so in previous birthdays or whatever, we might have gone, Oh, you know what? Grandma and grandpa gave you fifty dollars. Uh, and so uh, you can buy a toy. You know, like I, I don't know. I I was kind of surprised by it as well. <laughs> did it come with a CD? It, did, the, did the check come with a like CD? A VHS tape? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So 2024, the year where, you know. She'd thank her on a payphone? Checks. <laughs> we, we do still, we do still uh, ask them to write handwritten thank you notes to some particular, you know, family members in particular. Do so. they know cursive? Oh, No. That's the problem. No right. it's, it's not that they can't write it; they can't read it. Wow! Like mm-hmm. when when the older generation writes to them, mm-hmm. in, especially my, my grandmother. I have one grandmother still alive, and she you know writes notes, and the kids are like, "You have to read this to me." Mm-hmm. Like I, yeah. Is the the world right now listening to this? Are they are they with us? Sort of like not outraged, but sort of mildly off put by how strange that is, or are they listening thinking? Our pastors are so old. <laughs> it's probably the latter. It's probably the latter. Although I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to talk about how much better it was in the days when people could write cursive, because that's also one of my other children's pet peeves. Is when older generations are like, <laughs> "Oh my gosh, the better. world! It is so horrible." And she's like, "You know, that's the world I'm growing up in, right? <laughs> like, you know, this like this is." You really this had to a, think about what you're going to say when you paid by the letter in a telegram. I, I've I'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> we have we have guests. So Scott. then I found I found in Ecclesiastes. All right, I'm not going to do this. In Ecclesiastes seven, it says the same thing. So it's not just my kids. Um, but opening the uh, the year today on the Pastors Podcast, both Pastor Brian and I, Pastor Scott, are here. But with us are Spencer and Sarah Bauer. Yeah. Hey. Woo! Hey everybody. Hey people. <laughs> thanks for uh thanks for joining us for this. Yeah. We're really excited to be so, here. So um I want to talk a little we're gonna talk a little bit about the the year ahead, um, a little bit about some of the things we're particularly looking forward to as we enter into a new year. But before we do that, you you all had a interesting start to the year. Yeah, we love how we um kind of ring in the new year every yeah. year. Yeah, so how, how many years now have you been doing this 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 same tradition? I think we counted Sarah's five. Okay. Five I feel like this years. is a, a more meaningful tradition than than me and my kids watching uh musicals. So I You were telling I'm, me about that. That sounds very that sounds meaningful. Really fun. Well, yeah, but we're not we're not going to dedicate a, 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 any podcast time to that. What, what I want to hear is about your <laughs> tradition into debates about that's, musicals. That's it really right. wouldn't go well. Yeah, yeah. Um but but we did see Wonka and that is recommended. Um so <laughs> Spencer and Sarah, how how do you how how did you guys ring in the new year? What's what's your tradition? So we love the last four days of the year because it's a time when um, our ministry Bridges International has our our national winter student conference, 
And so every uh, last four days of the year, about a thousand people, uh, probably like six, 700 students, um, we had over 700 this time actually, uh, we all come to one city. Uh, it kind of rotates which city it is. This year it was in the Baltimore, D.C. area. And uh, it's four days where students get to come. They uh, experience global community. They get to explore questions about God and Jesus, um, which I'll say probably half of the students who come are not Christians. They come from uh, parts of the world where they, their, their families aren't Christian. They come from uh, the Middle East, from South Asia, India, and then East Asia, mostly China. And um, they get to come and just um, in different formats. A lot of, There's a lot of discussion and table discussion that they get to have um, about uh, God and life purpose and Jesus. And then, um, so the first one is global community. Second one is spiritual conversations. And then the third one, the reason that it's in Baltimore, D.C., is that we put everybody on a bus one of the days and we sh- we ship them down to the National Mall and they get to experience the nation's capital and uh, see the White House. And they're always a little bit bummed by how small the White House is. They thought it'd be bigger. <laughs> and I try to remind them that it's just really old and they just didn't have bigger buildings at that point. Um, but uh, <laughs> Somebody's like, and they haven't rebuilt it? <laughs> <laughs> No, it's nostalgic, man. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. just like cursive. <laughs> We've come full circle. It is. That was a nice, <laughs> a, a nice pull. So, okay, so take a step back. Like, give me a snapshot of this um, this conference, though. So these are students. Mm-hmm. They're all international students. Like the seven hundred, they're all international students. Are these all undergraduate students? International students? Most are. Well, they're they're all across the board, but I would say a lot of our most of our students are graduate students. So most are graduate students mm-hmm. who are like, I want to. What what gets a international graduate student to say, I want to spend the last four years of or four years, the last four days <laughs> of the year, um, at this Christian conference talking about Jesus. Well, this gets deep, but it, man, it's relationships. That's the mm. that's the answer. Is um, this conference really pulls together um, all of our bridges movements of students all across the country to one place, and so it's a really special time for us as staff because it can kind of easy it can be kind of easy for us to feel kind of siloed in our different teams and across the country in our own movements. But this is a time we get to uh, gather together as a staff family, and for these students, it's. Uh, the pitch is, hey, I'm going to this conference. Do you want to come with me? And uh, and we we tell them like, man, it's it's everything you experience on campus, probably like times ten. And there's uh, there's like a Bollywood dance contest and a talent show. And um, does Matt know? <laughs> Matt loves Bollywood. For the record, Look so on. watching or, no, or dancing, all, demonstrating all of it. Wow. Matt, I, you're invited next year. Yes, if you'd like please, to come. please come. I love this. That'd be very This cool. is what Matt should do. We should we should make this commitment for him. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Starting off the year. That's right. Well, um, he's got lots of time to plan. Okay, so any I mean I I know we were talking about this a little bit before we <laughs> pressed record, but um yeah, any what what were the highlights of this time for you? I mean, I know just just that kind of time is really special, but what what is it that makes it special for you? Yeah, so Spencer and I had different um, roles at the conference, so he could probably share some from his side. He helped direct the main meetings, 
So I didn't see him very much. He was really busy. He did a great job just planning the speakers and the worship team and everything. But I was in uh, what we called the Children of Abraham track, which is the Muslim background, um, like Middle Eastern background um, students. And it was so fun to, I was a family group leader, so I had about a dozen students at my table. And we just had discussions in every session. And um, one highlight in particular after the touring day, there's a guy who came back. Um, he's from a country in the Gulf that's about 1% Christian. Um, he spent the touring day at the Bible Museum in D.C. Oh. And he came back and pulled out his, I was like, what'd you do? You know, did you go see the White House or what'd you do? And he's like, no, I went to the Bible Museum. And he took all these pictures of like the Dead Sea Scrolls and all this stuff that's highlighted at the Bible Museum and told me all about the history of the Bible. Hmm. I was just like, whoa, wow. this is awesome. This guy, he's not, he's not a Christian, but um, he just learned so much. And he spent, I guess he spent the whole time on the bus even talking about it with another Bridges staff. But it's just so cool how God, um, you know, draws these students who maybe he's doing something in their heart on campus. But um, at a conference, sometimes it's, it's cool to see how the Holy Spirit can really, um, you know, start to show, show people who he really is and mm. be praying for that guy. It's mm, so cool. It's mm-hmm. so cool. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a couple moments. Um, like Sarah said, I was in charge of the the main sessions, and so it's just a. I, I I'm convinced that Vision Conference. Oh, I don't know if we ever actually said it. So our winner, the Bridges Winter Student Conference, is called the Vision Conference. And so if you ever hear us talking about vision at the end of the year, Vision Conference is what it is. And um, those main sessions, it it's just so unique because. Uh, really for two reasons. One, because it's kind of like five conferences in one. And Sarah, like she just said, she's in the the Children of Abraham track for our Middle Eastern students. There's also a South Asian uh, network track, a Chinese track that's all in Mandarin. Um, but a couple of times throughout the conference, we had all come together in these main sessions. So all 1,000, 1,100 people in one room. And um, we had a really great worship band who came in and served us this year and that uh, led worship in multiple languages. Mm. And so probably throughout the week, we sang, oh man, nine or 10 different languages, mm. worshiping God. And uh, whether that's, you know, English, uh, Spanish, Chinese, Korean, Farsi, Hausa. Uh, there's a couple African languages that I didn't recognize even. Mm. Um, it's just stretching. And it's just amazing to think about. I, I was talking with... Um, uh, there is, so we have a lot of co-laborers, non-staff, non-bridges staff people who who come because they're connected to some sort of international student ministry, and uh, this was his first time to come, and uh, he said, actually, I'm kind of new to bridges to international student ministry, and um, he was just telling me how struck he was uh, by how passionately the students were worshiping. Mm. And uh, there's different moments, you know, we'd break into a different song and we'd hear a different language and there'd be a different part of the room who would just come alive. Because hmm. there's something about being able to worship God in um, your own shoes, your own culture, that your own language, that there's not this like filter or extra gates where you're trying to communicate something, but it's just closer to your heart. Hmm. And um, I mean, I, I remember there being a moment where I saw four, uh, it was the Hausa song, um, and I don't even, I couldn't even really tell you, to be honest, where people who speak Hausa are from. <laughs> but mm. as soon as that song came on, um, they just came alive. Mm. And uh, this this friend of mine who was there for the very first time told me, 
he actually got a little choked up because he's like, you, you've Bridges has given me an experience of heaven that I have not been able to experience anywhere else mm. at any other conference. Mm. So, so it's cool. just really special to be a part of, and yeah, it's uh, it's pretty awesome. We love it. Yeah, man, I'm jealous. That's, that's like, that's <laughs> so, I mean, that's so sweet. That's super you, you sweet. Book your ticket with Matt. You can come too. <laughs> <laughs> you would love it, honestly. Uh, Scotty, so cool. That's right. Bollywood dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Bollywood dance con- contest. Yeah. That's that was really that's where I was sold. I mean, the, the, like the, the other the, stuff sounds the, great. Yeah, the other stuff sounds great. But we had a um, talent show. There was a guy who sang opera. We had a black belt show. Give a demonstration. Uh, that's so fun. Okay, so um, so I I was I'm excited to have you guys here. Uh, we were earlier recording something for our upcoming cohort, which we're going to be talking about. That's a bit of why you're here. But I also am excited to have you share a little bit about your ministry. So now you're back here in LA and ministering on campuses, ministering at UCLA and USC um, with international students. And and a part of why I thought this would be, it'd be fun to get to talk all together is because um, this dovetails a bit with the, really the, the emphasis that we, um, believe the Lord has for us this coming year as we've been praying and thinking as, as pastors, as, as elders, as to, um, how God is leading us as a church. We've, we've spent the last, uh, year plus focused on, we've been using the phrase intentional discipleship, right? Investing deeply in one another's lives and, um, especially coming out of the last four years, you know, and, upheaval and everything, like what does it look like to invest deeply in the relationship, to not just have relationships, but to invest deeply and intentionally in them, um, growing in Christ together. And I think the next natural step as we continue in our discipleship of following Christ is living lives that aren't simply intentionally discipling one another as Christians, but living intentionally on mission. Um, So Brian, as we begin to talk about this year, we'll be talking about it at the family meeting and in some different formats. As we begin, begin to talk about intentional mission this year, um, wh- what do we mean by that? And and how how has that struck you as you've been thinking about it, looking forward to this year? I think it's easier to understand it if you take a, a longer perspective than just you know six months or a year. I mean, it feels cliche to talk about COVID still, but that was a sizable moment in kind of the national and global life of people and in LA for sure as well. And it disrupted a ton of things, predominantly the rhythms of life that had to do with other people. Mm, <laughs> and yeah. so part of the reason we focused on intentional discipleship was to try and reestablish some of those rhythms. You, you get used to after a year, a year and a half, two years of uh, modified interaction with people. Um, that tends to promote distance, not closeness. Um, after that amount of time, you need to reestablish those rhythms. And intentional discipleship was a way of trying to do that, to remind ourselves of what a church is, what a church community is, and why we need to exist together and closely and in ways that build one another up in that kind of broad sense of discipleship. Mm. Which is why when we talked about it, we weren't really talking about just, you know, find your one person to disciple. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah but we were talking a lot more globally. It was like, think about 
who we are as a church community, as a discipling community, one where the rhythms of everyday life need to revolve around in some way, big or small, your interactions with others for the sake of the faith, for the sake of Christ, for the sake of love and what it means to be a church. And in the same way, as we've kind of developed that and experienced that and and tried to encourage that as a church, I think we've all kind of looked around and personally, as well as corporately felt the same thing needs to happen to reestablish our sense of identity as the church in the city. So when you think about uh, mission, you might think immediately just directly about evangelism. You know, go talk to your neighbor about the gospel. And of course, that's a wonderful thing, and we should be doing that. But when we're talking about mission, we're talking about something larger, a reestablishing of our identity in the city as a church that's here, not just for ourselves and our own discipleship needs, but for the sake of others and for the city as a whole. And so I think the reason that I'm excited about the idea of intentional mission you know, Matt talks about it like as mission with a capital M, you know, it's like the, the large, the global sense of mission is that I think uh, after COVID and with some of the changes that have come in our city, uh, Los Angeles is a hard place to live. It's never been an easy place to live. I think people are feeling its, its difficulty more now in certain ways. Mm. Everyone's life is different and unique, but I think everyone, most people are feeling that struggle of being here. And after COVID, it's very tempting to look inward and kind of insular and, and think about how hard it is for you to be here. And while we want to be a church that's supportive of all the difficulties that can come with being in a place like Los Angeles, we also want to be a church that creates a, a community and a culture that is kind of galvanized by the in the midst of that difficulty that says, yeah, it is hard to be here. And we want to support each other in that. But simultaneously, it's good to be here. And there's a reason we're here. And we have a role to play here as you know, salt of the earth and the light of the world. And that's a real thing that in the midst of the struggle, we can still get excited about. And when we're weary and tired from certain ways, the city is difficult. We simultaneously have a bit of a fire in our belly that says, nevertheless, um, this is a glorious thing to be able to do in the time that God has us in this city. So let's get after it. Um, so it's ideally a, 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 very, a global sense of mission in here's who we are and what it means to be a church in a place like Los Angeles, and here's how we can embrace it and lean into it and not lean away from it in a way that actually creates uh, more joy and goodness and endurance in our lives than we had when we were kind of avoiding it. Mm. So that's really global, really theoretical, but that's the, yeah. the overall idea and why I'm pretty excited about doing it, even for myself. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I, it is... Part of why I'm really excited about it too. I think why all of us as pastors are really excited about it because it, you put it so compellingly. Because I think that that sense only comes from purpose, right? It only comes from understanding that um, we aren't just here to live wherever and do whatever, right? But we are we are here. We've been sent um, for a purpose, both in our city and in our world. And I and I think this is where um, I mean, I, I'm excited. I know that Spencer and Sarah, that's how the two of you feel. I know that you've wrestled through, uh, what does that mean? And where does the Lord have you? And there's lots of different places the Lord could have any of us, but he, he has us here to the extent that we're here, we're here for a reason. And, and, and the purpose of that, and this is what's so beautiful about what you're just talking about, B, like this big M mission, it, we don't have to like make it up for ourselves. 
We don't have to discover it even for ourselves. Like it is, our purpose here is tied up to the purpose of God, to the mission of God. And, and all of a sudden we see these connection points between what we are doing here and missions, right? Like what's going on globally, what's going on locally with people from other countries, you know, like these aren't like a bunch of diverse, different missions and purposes. They're all manifestations of this big M mission. Um, and a reorientation of that, I, I know uh, my heart needs it, and I think is I, is particularly timely <laughs> after the last few years. And and I think we we've this is not something we haven't talked about uh, even since COVID, right? We we talked about this at, at different points, but there's a unique way it touches down right now, I think, in our lives and in the life of our of our city that I'm particularly excited about. Um, so there's there's a few different ways we're we're going to do this and and I'm not going to lay out kind of all the different pieces but we we are going to talk about this uh we are going to talk about this in sermons later on in the year. I so I've been asked this is a little bit of an aside but I've been asked multiple times like what the next sermon series is. So what what are we going to be doing next and then in what way does mission fit into? You want me to give like the whole Sure. Whole why, don't you, why, why, why don't you just yeah, give the, not a problem. at least now to the summer? So we're going to do uh, three weeks on the image of God. This way, if people yeah. listen to the podcast, oh, you'll know. They're, in, they're on the in, right? <laughs> like, this is how you know. Oh, you don't know what we're preaching on next? Well, you, you must have not listened to that. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting with bated breath, I'm sure, for what Brian's about to say. Uh, we're going to do three weeks on the image of God. Um, and it's importance and relevance for our own lives and the city that we're in. Um, we're going to take, uh, several weeks after that and go through, uh, parts of the gospel of John in a sense, picking up what we did for Advent, uh, and look at the different I am statements of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So looking at, you know, who, who he is, uh, in, in himself as he declares himself to be and who he is therefore for us mm-hmm. and for our city. Uh, and then we're going to do that right up to Easter. Um, and after Easter, we're going to take a few weeks and talk briefly about, uh, we'll see now you got me, I've got a tentative title. I haven't locked uh. it in yet. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think it's something like hope for Los Angeles or hope for modern people. But the mm. idea is that there are certain ways that, uh, the things that people, particularly in Los Angeles are looking for and care very deeply about, um, the, the ways the city, uh, uh, tries to provide those things end up being insufficient and they end up feeling insufficient. And so people end up caring about things very deeply and feel stranded in that care. Mm. Um, and so Christianity offers, uh, hope and depth and answers to those things that people in Los Angeles care about, including the Christians. It's not just for people Mm -hmm. who aren't Christians. Everyone cares about things like, uh, meaning and morality, uh, and spirituality and these sorts of things. And so we want to take a few weeks and talk about those how uh, Christianity offers hope for those things. Um, Which I, I'm, I'm going to even plant the seed now. Like if you're inviting friends uh, to Easter, uh, we're building a sermon series coming out of Easter, like not just for you, but for them. Yeah. Right. So that you can invite friends to Easter and then invite them back the next week. And it's going to be like these topics that are things that they care deeply about. And we're looking at them from us. So anyways, I, I'm, I'm excited already about how that, that even shapes it. Yeah, I mean, you're you're seeing the connections into yeah. the idea of a, a yeah. big M mission is that if you want to bring people on Easter, and Easter's a great time to bring people to church, um, that the, if they want to come back the next week, it's not something that's inside baseball necessarily. Yeah. It's something that they can 
really uh, latch onto really easily and can show them the beauty of the Christian faith for the life that they're living. Yeah. And then after that, we're going to take about five weeks and talk about the purpose of the church. Mm-hmm. What's the point of the church in the city? And what's the point of your life in the larger purpose of God? Uh, dealing with God's, a lot of things we just talked about, uh, God's purpose across the world for spreading his glory and what it means and how uh, exciting and uh, passion inducing it can be in a life that sometimes feels somewhat devoid of passion Mm. to realize you're caught up in that. What does that mean? What does that look like? How does that orient us in Los Angeles? Mm. We're going to take five weeks and talk about that. Um, And then we're going to head off into the summer. Yeah. And so that's, that's a, but you can see already if you're listening, how there's a lot of different ways and angles with which we're trying to, even just in our sermons, look at ourselves and teach ourselves from scripture and orient ourselves in the larger city. What's the point of us here? Mm-hmm. Why are we here? Mm-hmm. Um, why does it matter? And why should we be glad we're here while we're here, despite the difficulties that can come with choosing to live in a place like LA? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So that's, I think sermons and Sundays is one way in which we're trying to facilitate this emphasis on um, intentional mission. We, we can't talk about all of them right now, but the, the other significant one that I want to talk about is just opportunities to be equipped for that, to grow and be um, stretched and learn and apply what, both what God's mission is and how we fit into it. Now, if someone's brand new to Cornerstone, um, if they aren't even a member yet, we would actually encourage them, even if, if they want to grow in understanding their purpose here, we would encourage them to participate in the intro class. Um, and we see that not just as a, like, a, oh, this is like a front door, it's just kind of what you do, but actually as an application of understanding your purpose and, and our purpose together here. What, why, I mean, just real briefly, Brian, why is the why is the intro class important in that sense? Um, you know, for all those that are here listening to the podcast, <laughs> brand new to Cornerstone, but they found the podcast. Um, but why, yeah, why is that intro class important for somebody? I think when you uh, have a larger picture of what the church is and what it's here to do and be, um, you realize that uh, what's happening in the local church in the city is something very important. And so the intro class is a way of getting oriented to that importance. It's, it's a way of stepping in to more uh, participation and more integration into what we are as a church. Um, anything that is uh, that has an important role to play in what's going on around them, it, it requires a kind of orientation to it. It requires stepping in. It requires some activity, some, some, uh, some learning and some... Uh, growing and some joining, some getting woven in. Mm. Um, and the intro class is that. It's it's anything worth doing. It takes some uh, some effort and some intentionality on the way into it mm-hmm. and uh, as you do it. And so becoming part of a community like this where we're here in the city to be salt and light, um, of course it's going to take like an intro class here and there and yeah. and some ways to not just kind of attend, but to really say, no, what does it mean to participate fully in this thing that seems to be very important? Mm, absolutely. So for, for those that have completed the intro class, if we're talking about this, this um, focus on living on intentional with intentional mission here in the city, those that are members, maybe have taken the intro class, we, we continue to tell people that the next step is the walking with God and walking in the world class. And this, this spring, we're offering the walking in the world, just foundational class. And that, that foundational class 
consists of really three main topics. One is community, right? Discipleship in the Christian, with the Christian community, re- relationships with believers, mission, which is our, the topic we're talking about, uh, relationships with non-believers and, and calling, right? And looking at how we love others in our various callings. Um, I think it's really important. I mean, we, we call those foundational classes, not just because, oh, it's like where we want you to start, but because it really is foundational to thinking well about all these other and thinking more deeply about all these other areas in um, in the Christian life. Br- Brian, why is it important to think about community, mission, and calling together before we do a deeper dive in one of those areas like mission? Well, at some point you need the kind of orientation to the, 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 the vocabulary, the foundation, the, yeah. the baseline to understand how everything fits together. The mm-hmm. Christian life isn't something that's lived in these disparate bubbles and categories where you're reading your Bible over here and that has nothing to do with your discipleship community over here, which has nothing to do with your job. Mm-hmm. Ideally, they all cohere in some way. Yeah. But until you take a look at them kind of one at a time and see how they cohere, it's difficult to live that out and to be able to feel kind of the joy of having a life that has this integrity to it of all the pieces touching and, and yeah. speaking to one another. And so that's one of the main reasons you need to talk about things like community alongside mission. There's a lot of other things we could talk about, um, not least of which being that when we talk about mission, we're not talking about solo people kind of venturing out into the city and then coming back to the enclave, you know, at the end of the day and talking about how it went. Mm. We're talking about a community that lives in the city that exists as a community, you know, they shall know you by your love for one another. Mm. So there's a way that community is a part of the mission and that calling is uh, a part of uh, what it means to be a Christian out in these roles that we play. Uh, Our callings are the ways we're the most out in the city most of the time, whether it's as a neighbor or as a student or, you know, all these different ways. And so all those cohere very well. And if you don't have time for say a cohort that we're about to talk about, um, and I would suggest Take the walking in the world class. Maybe you've taken it before. Take it again. Yeah. It's you listen to some audio, you show up three times and have a discussion, and you'd be amazed what God can do and the kind of fruit that can be born in your life from listening to some audio and showing up three times for a discussion. When the Holy Spirit's involved, you know, all yeah. bets are off as to what can be done. Absolutely. And I think it's so I, I know even in my own life, like I, I need to think of these things in context, right? Like my m- mission gets lived out in my various callings, right? And so if I if I see them disparate, then, then the Christian life can feel like just a list of different things that just keep getting added on top of each other and I have to like try to go figure out how to do all of them. And, and, and inevitably I just do none of them, right? I'm like, I guess life's about just, then just all I can do is just go to church and, you know, um, read my Bible. But there's there's more that the Lord has for us, but it it's it's not meant to be a burden one thing piled on top of another, but it's meant to give meaning and joy into all the different areas, all the different um, calling, various callings we have in really significant ways. And so, um, la- so for those that have taken the intro class, taken the walking with the world class, we do ha- have a cohort, and we're we're trying to focus our efforts and offer this one cohort this um, this semester this this season and it, it's a new cohort um entitled living on mission so that we could take a deeper dive into this big m mission of the church of our lives and see how how we participate in that locally here in our city how we participate that in, in that as 
we think about God's global mission. Um, and that's part of why uh, Spencer and Sarah, I'm super thankful you're here. I wanted to hear your, uh, a little bit about your update about, uh, which was super exciting. And also, um, the two of you have been instrumental in helping us to form and put together the content for this upcoming cohort. And so I would, I would love to hear from the two of you why you're, why you're excited about, I mean, you, you've been digging in this content for the last few months, last couple of months, um, and nobody else has seen it yet. Like, why are you excited for our church family to see what, what we've been working on and, and to look into the, the content of this cohort in particular? Yeah. Um, well, I would say for me, when I started to learn about um, the the mission that God calls us into, my life got turned upside down in a good way. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, I'm first of all, I'm just excited for each of us to continue to consider how God might use us um, in this grand mission that he has to glorify himself in all nations and in particular through our church in Los Angeles. Um, so that's one one reason I'm excited um, just because it's really exciting to jump into that. But also, um, man, we live in Los Angeles. Like I think, like you were talking about earlier, Brian, you know, there's a um, a really special um, thing about what God has called us specifically to here in this global city and in the mm-hmm. city that um, the nations have come here um, and people have come here living in proximity to each other um, and I know from, you know, even just on campus from our little bubble of LA, God's doing something in this city. And so I'm just really excited as we continue to link arms to see him be glorified in LA, um, what he might do through talking about this this spring. Mm. And we can get to hear about it from one another. Just like you were saying with this cohort, it's a it's a discussion, it's a community mm-hmm. versus just, oh, one person sharing, here's, here's the great things that we're seeing in this one area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, Spencer, I know you've been particularly excited. Um, Spencer gets energetic. I feel like when he gets excited. So is this a, is this a normal thing? Like, does he get, you know, energetic at home or is this just a... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 we, 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 whenever we've been talking about this, this upcoming cohort, uh, Spencer, you, you've gotten not just excited, you've gotten energetic. Uh, what What is it that, like... I don't know, st- stokes your fire about what's what's coming up. Hey, me becoming energetic is just natural. It's just what happens. Like when you like you were talking about Wonka earlier, it's like when you find something that you're excited about. And that's just a specific oh, <laughs> would, you, would you blame the rain for being wet? That's right. <laughs> It's like we all do this. We all mobilize people to things we're excited about. Like we find this like I feel like that's like half of my Instagram is like people saying, "Hey, I found this perfect item for this perfect need or like I I'm talking to my friends and like we saw this awesome movie and I want to go see it again with you like we we do this with music with our entire lives and so um I think God has just uh captured my heart for what's on his heart and so it's just kind of natural when we get to talk about this and I get to talk about this it's uh it's a real um gift to me that that uh people give me when when I have an opportunity to talk about it um why I'm excited about this cohort, though, I think echoes a lot of what Brian was even talking about. I mean, we live in a difficult city. Um, you know, L.A., just like every city, is a broken place, and there's a lot of need. And I feel like L.A. wears it on its sleeve even more so than some other places. Um, and this is a hard city to live in. 
you know, and even like you, you mentioned me and Sarah, you know, this just are coming out of a season, a season of where we were, um, just rediscerning, uh, from the Lord where he would have us and to do what work and why. And, um, I think, uh, he's confirmed for us that this is the place, but it doesn't make the hard things, the traffic, the, you know, et cetera, et cetera, the, about living here go away. And so I think for many of us, it's like, we're asking the question some days, like, man, how can we survive in a place like this? And, uh, it, you, you survive in a place like this when, um, you have something bigger to live for. You survive in a place like this. You can survive pain and suffering when you know there is a bigger, a more bedrock purpose that you are living for. And that brings significance to the ways that you've had to sacrifice, so the, 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 the privileges you've had to give up or the opportunities you've had to say no to in order to say yes to being here and to investing in community. Uh, whether it be your neighbors or or through this church and and where do you get that big bedrock purpose um man it it has to come from god like your purpose has to be god-sized in order for it to be bigger than all those other problems you know i think a lot of people you know i was just i just had a conversation with jeremy just a few minutes ago about um somebody saying that um ultimately you have to come up with your own purpose and that sounds terrifying to me because the biggest purpose that I could come up with is still going to be too small. Like there's going to be things that are probably going to trump the purpose that I'll give to myself. And I think that's especially um, relevant to us living in a city like LA because it is in so many ways like the city of dreams. Like people come here to make their dreams happen. And, um, you know, it might happen for a choice few, but for a lot of people, I think they come here and they, they are disappointed and they are hit by the the difficulties of the city and their dreams not coming true. And so, um, man, I, I think I'm excited about this cohort because this is an opportunity for us to not just survive in this city, but to um, have something steadfast and something that can um, help us to, to flourish. I remember a couple of years ago, Scott, you had a, a sermon on um, the Beatitudes and, you know, Jesus is saying, blessed are the blank, blessed are the blank. And you def- a lot of people define that word blessed or blessing as happy, um, which always struck me as kind of small, um, but you defined it as flourishing. And I think that is a more compelling way to live in the city, a, a way that you can live more excited and kind of jumping out of your chair about things because you're not just surviving the city but you're able to live for a purpose and to actually flourish in a place like this. Um, you know, you face the brokenness of the world with an enduring heart of joy. Um, and, and that's what you get when you lean into the heart of God. And to this cohort, living life on mission is really just unpacking the specifics that we see in the Bible about the heart of God. And when you get closer to the heart of God, there's more joy, there's uh, more strength, there's flourishing, there's greater meaning in your life. Um, and even before this, I know growing up in my own life, um, man, it felt like my Christianity was just going in circles. Man, I grew up going to church, you know, church on Sunday morning, I had youth group, Wednesday night, you know, prayer groups, VBS, whether it be the, the weekly calendar or the annual calendar, I felt like my, my Christianity wasn't, wasn't going anywhere. It was just going in circles. 
And uh, but when I I caught a glimpse of the heart of God of what God has been working to see accomplished since Genesis, and that that line traces straight through the entire Bible and all all of history through my life now, then I find a purpose that is big enough and it's worth living for. And so, man, that's what that that's my hope for this cohort that. I mean, your Christianity wouldn't be just an endless circle of Sunday mornings, but it would have a direction, a purpose, and a final vision that, like I just said, all the Bible and all of history is moving to make happen. I mean, your, your time in worship, both privately and corporately, um, echoes to the future vision that we see of heaven, of what God's creating. Um, and that, that touches your Sunday mornings. It touches your discipleship communities. It touches your conversations with your neighbors on a random morning on your way uh, to work. Um, and so that's why I get excited about a, 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 co- a cohort like this, because it's, it's, uh, something I can't think of anything bigger or more exciting than the purpose of God throughout all of history in the entire world. Mm. Well said, man. <laughs> well said. I appreciate that. I think that's all I have to say. That was, <laughs> that was about all of my thoughts right there. Uh, the, and, and I think actually, um, as we, going into this, even just this podcast episode, this first one of the year, I think in, in one sense I had a the thought that I wanted to um, just catch people up, like let people know what was going on, what's what we've been thinking about, and I think, but I think maybe more specifically, I, my hope is that this even this podcast episode might be an invitation, might be an invitation to you if you're listening to engage with um, together with us with the mission of God this year, um, whether that's simply through the sermons and your community group, whether if you're, if you're new to Cornerstone through engaging in God's mission with us together by uh, attending an intro class, by considering becoming a member with us, um, if that's by taking the walking in the world class or the living on mission cohort, um, Whatever it looks like, even if it's just conversations, even if you don't have capacity, for, you, maybe you have really, you're listening to this and you have very limited cap, capacity, but you're, you're just praying together with us and engaging with us in um, thinking through what God's mission is for us and how that shapes our lives um, here in this city in 2024, um, because our presence here is not an accident. Um, it's absolutely on purpose, and we're excited to explore that together with you this year. So thanks for listening. Thanks, you guys. Thanks, Spencer, Sarah. Thanks for being a part of this with us and for your involvement. Uh, Thanks, Brian. My pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And know that we love you all, and we'll see you on Sunday.